sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Hallelujah. It's a privilege to be here and to be in the presence of God. Amen. Shall we bow our heads for prayer, please? Father, thank you so much. What a humbling experience that you should choose a vessel of clay to use to proclaim your eternal word. What a humbling experience that people should gather because of your word. And to you shall the gathering of the people be. Please, Holy Spirit, let this gathering not be in vain. Touch my lips, Lord. Cleanse me from every limitation that will not let me fulfill your full purpose this evening. Let your mercy cover me. For it's not he that willeth, nor he that runneth, but you who show mercy. Let your mercy use these lips, O God. And let the word that you have purposed go to the hearts of your people. And let it not return void, but let it accomplish that for which it is sent. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. Apart from you, I can do nothing. But with you, I can do all things. I give you praise for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats, please. Well... It's a privilege to be here this evening and to speak to you at this daughter convention. Daughter, I want to thank God so much for making this gathering possible. And I also want to thank my husband, the presiding bishop. For being a covering over me all these years and for nurturing me in the things of God and helping me fulfill God's call on my life. Amen. I also want to honor the resident bishop of the Kodesh and our dean and provost of all our Bible schools worldwide, Bishop Adi, and their lovely wives. God bless you. And thank you for your friendship all these years. Bishop Saki, thank you for all the court appearances. <laughs> God bless you. And thank you to all my lady friends, lovely first ladies, general overseers, prophetesses. God has many gifts in the house. Thank you for all your kind words. And I give God all the glory. Amen. And to the sons who are in the house, God bless you. And to the daughters, thank God that we can have a feast for daughters. Hallelujah! And by the grace of God, we continue to make it. God richly bless you. This evening, I'm going to be brief because so much has happened. But I want to speak to you about... The curse of carnality. Hallelujah. The curse of carnality. Are you in the house? Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Are you there? <laughs> I want to thank Benice O'Fair, although she's not here, for coming to be with us. Amen. I'm trying to be high-tech, you know. 
Follow the examples of those who through faith and patience. Amen. Inherit the promises. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Verse 14. Are we there? For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Amen. Now, the word carnal is taken from the Greek word sakinos. It's not related to Bishop Saki. And that means fleshly, natural, pertaining to the flesh, the body, its passions, appetites, sensual pleasures. It also means not spiritual, merely human, temporal, worldly. Amen. And um, other words that can be used for carnal are bodily, earthly, lascivious, lecherous, libidinous, libido, always following libido, okay? Licentious, lustful, physical, salacious, temporal, voluptuous, vulgar, wanton, and worldly. Amen. Now, why am I talking about carnality this evening? Everybody has a carnal and natural side. Amen. We are not just spirit. What we can see and what we can relate to physically is because we have a carnal component as men and as women. But the Bible is saying that it's okay to be carnal. When you are carnal, your body wants to eat. Your body wants to sleep. Your body feels thirsty. I mean, there are things that are natural to the body. But there's a certain carnality that can be in the life of a Christian. That even though you are born again, even though you even come to church, you are dominated in a large part by the flesh. And that is what I want to speak about today in terms of the curse of just being a natural person. And one of the main things that shows us whether we are carnal, or the carnal woman, or the carnal man, if you like, is that there's always war in your members. That's in your flesh. You are always warring against what the word of God says and what your body wants to do. And Paul says in Romans 7:14 that the law is spiritual, 
But I am carnal, sold under sin. And some of us think that spirituality is singing, being seen on the stage, having tongues that sound like the train station, um, lifting our hands and looking so sanctimonious during worship. But spirituality is when your members can be controlled. He says, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. And Paul says that the things that I want to do, that's not what I do. The things that I don't want to do, that's what I do. So if you want to know whether you are carnal or the extent of your carnality, look at the extent of the battle that rages between you or in you when something pertaining to the word of God comes to you and your body, your body, the members, the different parts, they begin to wage World War I and World War II. That shows us how carnal we are. Hallelujah. And many people say, oh, but the Apostle Paul had problems. He said, what I want to do, I can't do, but what I don't want to do, that's what I do. But it doesn't end there. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body? And then he has an answer. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Many of us in the church today, we hide under, you know, sometimes when you share a word with somebody, the person says, hey, mommy, you try. You mean you could forgive that person? You try. But it's not you who try. It is the Holy Ghost in you that by the grace of God you have allowed to be the, have the upper hand in your life. And that is what is at work in us. Amen. So the curse of carnality, if every time God's word, God's direction, anything comes to you, your flesh begins to war seriously, to fight, to oppose, to push, to rebel, then... That is carnality. And that is not of God. Amen. Come with me to Romans chapter 8. It's just the next chapter. Amen. I hope you are with me. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. Another sign or symptom, you know, when there's a disease, there are signs. Maybe you have a temperature, you cough a lot, your cough is not loosened, all that, then they'll use that, your blood tests and all that, to diagnose what you have. So for us to diagnose whether we are carnal or spiritual, the Bible says that, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So another symptom of the carnal woman is that she walks after the flesh. Everybody walks, whether you like it or not. But you have a choice whether to walk after the spirit or after the flesh. Now, I'm sure you are saying to me, but Lady Reverend, what is the flesh? Let's make a small digression. Galatians 5, verse 19. Galatians 5. Are you there? Or not yet. Say, wait for me. I always say, many of us, we don't know where the word of God is found. But we know where the latest weave on is. We know that seamstress behind the gutter, under the loto kiosk, behind where the watcher woman sits. And we will sit in funny places to do our hair. Myself included. Sometimes I go to very, very funny places. Once I went to a place to do my hair and I told the girl, you know, I didn't have time to wash my hair, so you have to wash it before you do it. Hey, madam, I said, hey, so how do you wash people? Says, hey, there's no water here. There's no sink. I said, so how do you wash? I said, I don't wash it. You wash before you come. 
But you would do everything to go around the corner, behind the back, to this, you know. And it was a whole interesting thing, being in that little room. There's nowhere to even sit. Madame Ofane, then you are doing it all in aid of looking nice. But when it comes to the things of the spirit, we don't want to pay that price. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So when the Bible says that they that there's therefore now no condemnation to them that walk not after the flesh. These are the things that the flesh can do. And it doesn't say the born again flesh, the good flesh, the bad flesh. It just says the flesh. Some of you say witchcraft. Oh, Lady Reverend, I don't do any juju. But you are very manipulative. You want to replace the Holy Ghost in everybody's life. You want to put everything aside and control people. That is the flesh. And the carnal woman does not walk after the flesh. The flesh is like a place on your left. And the spirit is a place on your right. And we choose where we want to walk. In the church, we have a lot of fleshly manifestations. It says... Emulations, party spirit, strife, sedition. We have it more. I wish they were good things because it's a lot. But they are not good things. Who walk not after the flesh? You see, you will never know how you walk till your flesh is brought under pressure. You never know what your house is made out of until you experience a storm. If it's sunny, and the wind blows gently, you will never know that your materials are not good. You will never know that, you, that what you have built does not have any resilience. It is when a storm comes that it reveals who we are. You never know what your relationship is made out of unless you experience a storm. So some people say, oh, she has changed. What if she has not changed? The weather conditions have changed. And she has walked after the flesh accordingly. Amen. It is not always easy to decide to walk after the Spirit. Sometimes I'm going somewhere to preach, usually outside Ghana. More than twice it has happened. And I've had to take my children with me. And just before we go, they have fallen very, 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 very sick. And then I call the people and say, can I please change the time? My children are very sick. Oh, you know, people always say, Oh, Lady Reverend, we really understand and we would really like, but we just want you to know that we've made all our posters. We have made radio announcements. People have bought tickets in advance. People have asked for their leave. So, Lady Reverend, I'm sure something can be worked out, but we just want you to know. What they are saying, in essence, is that try not to cancel it. And sometimes I've been holding malaria drugs this and that and that and i've boarded the plane sometimes the temperature has shot through the roof once in zurich and so when i preach a bit then i ask somebody come and sing then i go backstage to look at the temperature administer some medicine and then just come back and when i come back when i came back i was not myself my flesh was worrying after something i wanted some comfort i wanted the temperature to go down. I didn't want to preach in unconduce, an unconducive environment. But even in those times, your flesh is tested. Because your flesh wants to rest a little. Your flesh wants to be able to attend to the sickness a little. Your flesh wants to do what is natural. But you have to decide under that storm that you will walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And it's not always easy.
Amen. Sometimes preachers look very powerful. And they look as if they have no issues in their lives. It's not every time that I feel like preaching. Sometimes I rather feel like crying. But the love of God and the word of God constrains you. Amen. You don't always feel like being on the pulpit to preach, to say this. No. It is a whole wahala, a lot of burden, a lot of thinking, you know. It's not easy. And then you have the powers that be to sitting here. But you cannot decide to walk after the flesh. You have that option. But you must say to your flesh, no, we are going this way. Like the presiding bishop was saying, your flesh is like a dog on a leash. You have to say, hey, we are going here. And the flesh is not always happy to go there. The carnal woman does not walk after the flesh. Eve walked after the flesh. And we'll get to that. Who walked not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8 verse 5, For they that after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. If you want to know your carnality, look at the things you mind about, or the things that your mind works around. When you don't have anybody to impress, what occupies your thoughts? When you are alone in your room, what occupies your thoughts? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Some of us, our whole meditation is on evil that has been done us. Injustice. Things that should not be as they are. What do you mind? What is your mind full of? The Bible says the Lord is mindful of us. It means that his mind is full of us. But as a woman, in your quiet moments, what are the things that catch your attention? What are the things that catch your meditation? What do you meditate on? What do you think about? What do you ponder over? Instead of meditating on the word, you meditate on the injustices that people have done you. Instead of meditating on the word, you meditate on your fears. As I go into the future, how is it going to be? How is God going to take care of me? Lord, give me proof. Give me a word. Give me this. So it's not born out of faith, but it's born out of the flesh. For they that are after the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh. What does the flesh like? The flesh likes comfort. The flesh likes money. The flesh likes honor. The flesh likes the honor of men. What are the things that you mind that are important to you? The curse of carnality. Carnality does not make you mind the right things. But they that are after the spirit, mind the things of the spirit. Do you mind how good you look spiritually? Do you wonder how God sees you when you stand in the mirror of his word? Or do you mind just how you look outwardly? For they that are after the flesh do mind. Turn to somebody and say, they do mind the things of the flesh. Okay. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. We are Christians all right, but we are carnally minded. Everything is about the here and the now. Everything is about how you feel. Everything is about... What is comfortable? You see, I always say that we came into this world when everything was in place. So our quest for security often drives us out of God's will. We want security at all costs. When your husband says, oh, 
I'm called to be in the ministry. Or your beloved. You say, really? Then let's break up now. Because me, I don't have such graces. You are taking me to where? Burundi. Bu what? And the reason why is that you are just carnally minded. It just leads you. It's so natural to you that you don't even know the difference between carnality and spirituality. Do you see? So you don't even know that you are being somewhere. You feel that you are being normal. Ah, but everybody will be frightened. Everybody will say something. Everybody. But what about what is God's will for my life? What is God's plan for my life? I'm a servant. I'm not a master. But what is God saying? It doesn't even occur to you. For to be carnally minded is death. And every one of us has the option to be uh, carnally minded. It's not easy always to release your husband to go for healing Jesus, uh, or far, and uh, all the different places. You will be frightened about Nigeria. A a place that a person has gone, armed robbers have attacked them in the church. There have been shootings and all that. And then you say that you are going there again. And not only once, you are going to have a series of crusades in that place. The carnal mind will say, you know what? I don't like this type of everyday up and up. I want a stable life. Do you understand? I want something I can deal with. I want something I can manage. I don't like things I cannot manage. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It's not that you won't feel lonely. It's not that you won't cry sometimes. It's not that it's not difficult. But when you look at Bismarck, you look at Abigail, you look at the lame walking, you look at salvation, you decide that I'm going to be spiritually minded. Not just looking at the benefits that come to us. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Ask your neighbor, do you want life and peace? Then, be spiritually minded. Amen. I said Genesis, didn't I? Genesis chapter 3. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. This woman was okay in the garden. When she entered a conversation with Satan, she also became carnally minded. Everything that she was led by was according to her senses. When the woman saw, she followed what her eyes told her. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, you too, when you see something glittering, you can't stop. When you see something charming, in spite of what God's word has said, you can't stop. When you see something that will satisfy you, oh, let's do this deal, although it's not of God, let's do it because it will bring money and then I can have that shiny jewelry. When you see that shiny jewelry, your eyes lead you. When she saw, what are the things that your eyes feast on? Sometimes you know that you can't afford certain things, but as soon as you see, it must have. Sometimes you see somebody's husband, as soon as you see, it must have. Sometimes you see somebody's wedding and you are not happy. As soon as you see, something evil fills your heart. Evil wishes, evil desires, and evil intentions. When she saw to be led by the flesh, carnally minded, your eyes, what you see. When she saw that the missionary looked lean, she said, never before. If you are going to look according to leanness, then our bishops should not be married. Because when they were younger, if they stand on a scale, the scale doesn't register. Do you understand? There's nothing. (laughs) When she saw, I said, our bishops, when she saw that the tree was good for food, something that will satisfy the flesh, something that will satisfy the flesh and satisfy it immediately. Immediately. 
when she saw that the tree was good for food. Does it mean that anything that is good for the flesh is good? It does not mean that. Anything that is good, gossip is salacious and nice. So you just, eh, and I even heard that this, and I even heard that when you are getting, you say, oh, what good fellowship we have had. It is not fellowship. It is food for your flesh. And I hear they broke up. And then when they broke up, and this one came for her. And then when they went, this one came for them. And then they say, hey, the church of God. Mm. Then you, you, you intentionally added, let's pray for them so that you will feel a bit spiritual. She saw that it was good for food. And not only that, it was pleasant to the eyes. When you want to obey the call of God on your life, often, initially, it is not good to the sight. There's nothing pleasant about it. There's nothing pleasant about that classroom where you meet. There's nothing pleasant about those three members who run shift when they should be attending church. There's nothing pleasant about when you go to a place where people have big ministries and they ask you, oh, you two, what's the name of your ministry? Angel Delight. Angel Delight. Eh, is it a kind of soap? I've not heard it before. It is not pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired. Your desires. Your desires. To be carnally minded is death. But she's being led by what looks pleasant, what looks good. What looks like a tree, a good for food, a tree to be desired. What is it that when you look at, ah, as for this is to be desired. Amen. And it's not only at every stage in your life you are confronted with these things. It's not only when maybe you are a baby Christian. To be desired to make one wise. Sometimes you know that as husband and wife we can't afford this school. But as you saw the children from that uh, international school, and you said, ah, their uniform is even nice. It's not Saito. It's this and that. We must take them there. Your husband says, we can't afford it. Ah, if you had not obeyed the call of God, we could have afforded it. Who said that? Who said that? Go and ask the people who don't work in full-time ministry whether they have arrived, every single one of them. It's not like that. Amen. A tree to be desired, to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and she ate. And we all know what happened. She died. But do you know something? God had actually given them all these things. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. I believe. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God had already provided that before chapter 3. And God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, which is what Eve fell for. So carnality is... A deception. It makes things glitter that you already have. It makes things glitter that God already has in the basket for you. For he says, I know the plans that I have for you. There are plans of prosperity and not of disaster. It's just a matter of time. You have it in the garden with you. And yet, you are still leered through the flesh to go and, and, and desire something else. But God had already provided it for you. We get so overly concerned. What will the future be? What will my children do? What school will they attend? If I do things a godly way, I will be poor always. How will God answer this prayer? How will God come through to me? He has already provided it in the garden. But Satan will come and give another way of achieving the same thing. And unfortunately, you have it already. But because carnality is leading you, it leaves you to life and uh, to death. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It's the same things, but your mind that is working towards them are different. 
When God puts you in the garden, you see all these things. You are okay. You are not thinking about it. But as soon as the flesh begins to lead you, the things take on another turn. Hallelujah. And we are like that in the church of God. We are half carnal, half flesh. And sometimes totally carnal. I'll be ending soon. Don't worry. The carnal mind is at enmity with God. The carnal mind. Romans chapter 8, if we can continue for where, where we left off. Verse 6 and 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. The carnal woman is not submitted to anything. The carnal woman is out of control. The carnal woman is not limited by God's word. The pastor preached. I felt the conviction of the Holy Ghost. No, there's no, you are not subject to any law. And you are not subject to anything. Neither indeed can be. You cannot be. The word of God is like a nursery rhyme to you. Or history. Oh, they said David, hey David. And it ends there for you. For you, it has nothing to do with you. And I always say, is there nevertheless in your life? Peter said, we have told all night and we have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. Jesus said, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. But some of us, we don't have any nevertheless. So if it be possible, let this cup pass. And if you don't let it pass, I will work it out for it to pass. I have told all night. And I've caught nothing. And Jesus, you know, you are not experienced when this fishing business before you even came on the scene. But Peter said, we have told all night. It wasn't good. We caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. What are the neverthelesses in, your, in your, your life? The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. You cannot be controlled. You are out of control. Anything you manifest, we do this, I'm hurt, I'm going. But what does the Bible say about offenses? It says offenses shall surely come. You see, some of the prophets, you say, we, we saw, this one is also a prophet, that it will come by all means. So you better resort this one too. Offenses will by all means come. But when it comes, are you subject to the law of God? Poverty may come. When it comes... You are doing some coal pot in Burundi. The people in Accra are not bringing your allowance. What comes out of you? Are you subject to anything? When people hurt you or rub you the wrong way, are you subject to anything? When you have unpleasant experiences, are you subject to anything? The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. And anything that is not subject to anything is out of control. Because even as a citizen of Ghana, you have laws you have to obey. Things you can't say that, oh, as a traffic light is here, I just want, of course, we are indisciplined, but you can't just say you are not subject. When they ask you for income tax, you say, you know what, today I don't feel like paying. When they ask you for VAT, you say, you know what, today I feel sleepy. I mean, you can't just be using your feelings. A carnal mind is enmity against God. If you choose any en enemy in this life, not God. The Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. So some of you say, well, how can God be my enemy? Because the world is your tight. You move with the world. All your standards are the world. All your expectations are the world. Everything you measure is the world. You have never done anything spiritual before. Everything about you is worldly. The carnal mind is enmity with God. For it is not subject if it were not the, the, the word of God, look, and we all have to manifest how we feel. Can you imagine? If it were not the word of God, I would not even be standing here preaching. Because I would have resigned long ago because of your many offenses and misbehaviors. But thank God for the grace to be subject to the law of God. Amen. Sometimes, hmm, the powers that be, the powers that be, TPTB. They have done painful things to me. And so I said, ah, 
How can I remain in the church? How can I flow with them? How can they have done this? But when I wake up in the morning and I go into my prayer closet and I go by the Our Father pattern and I get to the place and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. It's not always hilarious. Such as I mentioned their name, Bishop Saki. Give me the grace to forgive Bishop Saki. <laughs> TPTB. <laughs> I have to be subject to the law of God. <laughs> I have to be subject to the law of God. Sometimes you go to places you are mistreated. You are mistreated. I keep telling you people that when I say that, pastors go to places and they are not fed. You think that is a myth. But it is true. You are mistreated. You are not received warmly and all that. But are you subject to anything? Are you subject to any law? For the carnal mind is at enmity with God. Because it is not subject to the law of God. Amen. We are moving quickly. So it's a long... Romans 8, 8. Hmm. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. When God says cannot, don't fight with him because you cannot. So so long as you remain a carnal woman, a woman who just follows the dictates of the flesh, you will never please God. Because the Bible says that God is pleased by faith. And faith is a spiritual thing. And you are carnal. You live in the now. You live according to your senses. You live according to how you feel. You live according to what you feel you should do. And not what God's word says. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the Bible is saying that the carnal mind cannot. So unless we renew our minds and begin to think like the Father thinks, we cannot please God. You may say, oh, but I've not done this, I've not done that, but your carnality alone makes it impossible for you to please God. And if I were you, I would not like to be in that place. Amen, ladies. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1. I will be ending on that note. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Paul was not writing to unbelievers. He said, and I, brethren, could not speak to you. When you are carnal, we can't speak to you. Beyond the trite things of, hello, how are you? How is it? Powerful, mercy, forgiveness, this. We can't speak to you. You cannot be spoken to when you are carnal. We could not speak unto you as spiritual. Not that you don't want to, but you cannot. It's like trying to use wood to strain water. It just doesn't go through. It doesn't work. So we can't speak to you as a spiritual person. But even as carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So you are in Christ, all right, but we can't speak to you. Some of you, we can't share certain things with you. Because you are so carnal, you can't bear it. Verse 2. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Hitherto, when you were born again, hitherto before, you cannot bear it. And even now, you cannot. So we cannot speak to you certain things. We can't tell you deep spiritual truths of what God's word is saying. We can't call you and say, go here and solve this problem. The Lord wants it to be done this way. You can't handle it. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as carnal, even babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk. The carnal woman cannot be fed with meat. Every day she will drink milk even when she has permanent teeth. Every day we have to talk to you about things that bring excitement in the church. Marriage, love, 
forgiveness, whatever. We should not talk to you about waiting on God. We should not talk to you about fasting. We should not talk to you about anything that is weighty. We should not talk to you about deep spiritual truths because you are not able. Therefore, the carnal woman does not progress spiritually. You never grow. You are always in diapers, always in nappies. Always we are using baby wipes. Because we can't share certain things with you. If we rebuke you just now, the road is your face. You, you will go through the west door. Because you can't bear it. Why should somebody rebuke me? But the Bible says rebuke, reprove, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. It didn't say we should always pamper you. It says preach the word in season and out of season. Rebuke, reprove means to correct and exhort. But you, you always want just exhortation. When you do something wrong, we can't correct you. We can't rebuke you that stop that rough there and move to the other place. Say, I'm leaving the church. I've freaked out. I can't. I can't take it anymore. You can't take it anymore. Yes, you are showing us the depth of your carnality. Anytime you are corrected in the church and you freak out or a message is preached that doesn't help your flesh and you freak out and what did he mean by this? Remember that you are not able to bear it. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Somebody will say, hey, envying, strife, divisions. A carnal woman is embroiled with strife, envyings, and divisions. Because you are not spiritual. And Paul says that the sign to know whether you are spiritual or not, or whether you are carnal, is that you have envies, you have strife, and you have divisions. It's okay to have, you know, when you read on, it says, some say I'm of Apollo, some say I'm of, it's okay to have favorite preachers. But where what you like and applaud brings division, envy, and strife, then something is wrong. Amen. Is there envy amongst us? We can only be real. That is when the master's knife can perform the surgery. But if every time we detect a lamp, we say, oh, it's not that, it's the fufu I ate. It's not a lamp, it's the fufu that has gone to chalk somewhere. How can it be dealt with? How can the incision be made to, get, to take it out? How? For whereas there's strife, strife. As for women, our undercurrents, you can't see them, I always say. We can be very nice on the surface, but underneath, snakes. We are very good at deception, you know? One unbeliever told me that when a man is being unfaithful, he leaves all the uh, uh, trails behind him. He will come to the house with lipstick on his shirt. He will leave some letter in his pocket, some uh, restaurant he has gone to. But a woman, she will clean up. You will never know. And that's why the Bible says that adulterous woman, she eats and she wipes her lips. And then she says, I know no evil. That's the adulterous woman. And we are good at that. Sometimes as I counsel you, even as a woman, I am afraid. Me. I'm afraid. How much more the brethren? And I look at the brothers just going to the slaughter. Because they look at our lipstick, our mascara, and they say, oh, you are spiritual. You are spiritual because you've written lay people in the ministry. You are spiritual because you are a good shepherd. You are spiritual because you serve the men of God so well. But Paul says that if there's envying and strife and division, you are not spiritual, you are carnal. You are totally carnal. You are not a spiritual person. Strife. Today they said this. Today this person did this. You see, and sometimes the people who are open are better. And the people who are very cool and you can't tell where you are. You see? Somebody said that hot water doesn't drown anybody, but cool waters. When you go under, you're gone. Whereas there's strife and division, there is carnality amongst us. Amen. Now, verse 4. 
For one, while one saith I'm of Paul, and another I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? When you bring politics into the church, you are carnal. You have created political parties in the church. You see, one pastor's wife, I kept saying that this person, sheep are not easy to gather. But as the people are being gathered, she's also scattering. And I said at one of our meetings that if you won't gather, just be there. But don't also scatter by your mouth, the things you say, your behavior. You know, people are coming for daughter. I said, hey, you have emotional problems. And that's why you're If you won't come, stay there. But don't cast insinuations and things that, and bring a political spirit into the church. Some sisters went for a prayer meeting. And then this sister that I say scatters. They had a prayer, a prayer meeting and after that a discussion. They had a good meeting. And after that she said, oh, I want to share something. Actually my branch, the people in it, I had a vision. They were all holding knives and standing over me. They want to kill me. I saw you there. I saw you and I saw you and I saw you. The nice fellowship, it has been spoiled. So I got a call. So what should we do? Because she said she has the dream. She had the vision. And she's going to, she said that, well, now the meeting has ended, but we'll meet. You, you and you, we, we, we'll meet. This is somebody who says, I'm a prayer warrior. My calling is to pray. My calling is to see God's face and bring his presence. You are not subject to anything. You are rather bringing strife. And you are using a spiritual engine to bring the strife. Because if you say that, I don't like this, you will be too carnal. So you have to say that the Lord gave you a vision. So people call and say, so if it were you, what would you tell her? I said, first of all, dreams are an activity of the mind. She probably overate something. And number two, the Bible says, do not be overcome with evil. So even if they are coming to kill you, he says, overcome evil with good. So these are my two verses. When you go to the church, share it with her. You won't gather. The small meeting that we have come to, to, you want to scatter us. What should we do? Strife. Division. What you haven't seen, you say you've seen. What you haven't heard, you say you've heard. Chinese whispers. Like Bishop Saki was saying on Sunday, by the time you say sorry, the story has gone and then it has slandered the person already and demeaned him. In the eyes of the normal public, whatever, isn't it, Bishop Saki? Libel, slander, what have you. That's my court mate. <laughs> now, how do we overcome carnality? I think I should quickly run to the end. How do we overcome carnality? Hmm. Galatians 15, 24 to 26. Hey, Galatians 5, sorry. <laughs> Galatians 5. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Beloved, there's nothing that we can do with the flesh except to crucify it. And when Jesus' flesh was crucified, it wasn't easy. Nails were driven in his hand. A crown of thorns were put on his head. A spear was put in his side. His two feet were put together and nailed. They gave him vinegar in a sponge. They spat on him and some even slapped him. That is what it means to be crucified. And the Bible is saying that if you want to be spiritual, you want to belong to Christ, you have to learn to crucify the flesh. And not only the flesh, the desires that the flesh has. The flesh comes with things that it would like to do. To crucify the flesh and its last thereof. Galatians 2.20 says, For I am crucified with Christ. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. The life that you now live, you have to live by faith. 
Faith will lead you to crucify the flesh. But if you don't have faith, you say, hey, this is my small flesh. One pastor said that he had a very difficult childhood. He didn't have enough meat to eat and all that. And now that he has prospered, meat fuel nearby, cholesterol, cholesterol, cholesterol. Small meat that he will eat as he has arrived. Now they say cholesterol, cholesterol, cholesterol. So some of you say, my small flesh, I should crucify it. I've had a hard time, Lady Reverend, I just arrived. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and the lusts. Amen. Galatians 5.16 This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible is saying, decide that I'm going to walk in the spirit. In the church today, we are led by our flesh. Oh, I felt like taking off my skirt, so I did. I felt like sleeping with her, so I did. I felt like lying, so I did. There's no crucifixion of the flesh. Amen. To be carnally minded is death. And Paul is saying, walk in the spirit. You know, sometimes when you are doing something, when you are in Accra, you can't be in Sunyane. When you are in Sunyani, you can't be in London at the same time because you are not omnipresent like God. So what when you walk after the Spirit, you automatically not walk after the flesh. Because when you find yourself at this place, you cannot be at the other place. So it says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desire. The flesh has its desires, but they should not be fulfilled. Amen. Walk in the spirit and you will not, no matter how hard you try, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Romans 8 verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Can you give me an ASB please? For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So it's through the Spirit of God in you that you kill the flesh and its desires. If you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh. To mortify is to make dead. The Bible says that you are dead with Christ. You, you don't live all. The life that you now live... You don't have any life. You are dead, but many of us are alive. So you can through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. You see, being born again is not a new year resolution. It's not something you use with your strength to do. That is why we needed to be born again. We needed a spirit that could respond to God and God could respond to. We needed a spirit that could quicken this mortal body. And the Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken, it shall make alive your mortal body. We need that. And that's why we get born again, so that the Holy Spirit can come and indwell us and help us. But some of us have put the Holy Spirit on the back burner. And we say we can't. But if you allow the spirit, you'll be able to put to death the desires of the flesh. Lastly, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and, by, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. God, who is rich in mercy, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us with Christ. By grace are ye saved. So there's the mercy of God that brings a certain grace and that quickens your mortal body and delivers you from some of these carnalities. 
Amen, ladies. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Bible says we can put on the new man, which after God is created in holiness. We can put on the new man. It's like a cloak. So put off the old man and put on the new man. The garment is there, but you are not wearing it. Some of us are so carnal even in our dressing. We are so carnal that we don't even see anything wrong. As Pastor Fabian preached some time ago, he said that when you are serving your boss bread and tea, you dear, you have brought breast and tea. <laughs> that was a revelation to me. <laughs> so as you are pouring out the tea, you are pouring out other things. But may the Holy Spirit in us be allowed to quicken us that we may overcome our carnality in our decisions, in the things that happen when difficult times come. May we not walk after the flesh. May we not walk after the cares of carnality, but may we walk in the spirit. Stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet, please. Father of love, draw me closer. Lord, my heart is set on you. of time with your love unfolding mine and let the peace of God let it rain oh lift your hands strengthen me oh strengthen me
you don't know Jesus as your personal savior you want to say lady reverend pray with me I think I've just walked in the flesh I've been carnal I don't know whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die tonight I want to make it right with God I want to go to heaven when I die I want to start all over again lady reverend pray for me you are here like that just lift up your hand wherever you may be standing lady reverend pray for me I want to know Jesus I want to give my life to Christ I want to start all over again I want to go to heaven when I die I want to be sure of my destiny if you like you are like that here this evening every eye closed and every head bowed just lift your hand wherever you are standing let it go high above your shoulder so that I can see it I see your hand God bless you keep it up high above your shoulder everywhere in this auditorium and in this Jesus Cathedral God is reaching out to you once a lady reverend I want to make things straight with God if you've lifted up your hands please do me a favor come to the front I want to stand with you in prayer I want it was great having you today to find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills please visit the vision bookshop at the Kodesh North Kaneshi or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills for prayer and counseling please call 0243-187-900 you can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com we would love to hear from you until next time God richly bless you